Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another broadcast on the Soul of America Radio. Tonight, you're listening to Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness with your host, J.R. Thicklin. Tonight's broadcast is brought to you by Blog Talk Radio, hosted and produced by the Soul of America Radio. Comments made on tonight's broadcast do not necessarily reflect the views of Blog Talk Radio, the Soul of America Radio, or its host. Hope and Healing takes you from a place of pain, abuse, violence, rejection, and abandonment to a place of hope, healing, and power. All aboard with your author, activist, advocate, and friend, man of purpose himself, and your host for the evening, Mr. J.R. Diglett. Thank you. 
But I'm excited about tonight's show because, in fact, I have opportunity to have back with us uh, uh, a young lady that I just admire. I'm just I'm just uh, totally excited about what she is doing, what is happening in her life, what she has done, the things that she's overcome, and most of all, because she's a mover, she's a shaker, and she is a testimony as to what can happen when you're willing to go the extra mile, when you're willing to turn your pain into power, when you take your power and make it your purpose, and you do what is necessary to come up because you're not one that's going to be overcome, but you're an overcomer. And I'm excited about that type of individual. You know, since the last time we had her on our show as a guest, she's done some marvelous things, some absolutely marvelous things. And we're going to bring her on in just a second. I'm making sure that everybody's ready to get her on. Uh, the little delay that causes us to delay it. I'm trying to make sure that's not going to be a problem here. Because, in fact, it's important that so many of you are listening. I do thank you that have already called in. I thank you for being a part of this process and a part of this audience tonight. I believe that inside of encouraging others, that it's so often that people need to see an example of those that have come through and those that are coming through and those who actually turn their pain into power, those that did not sit there and say, you know what, oh, it's me. You have no idea what happened to me. The world is coming to an end. No, but those individuals who actually overcame, who understood the fact that, listen, that with faith and determination, faith in God and determination, and your willingness to work hard, your willingness to go and soar above and recognize that you're created with purpose, for purpose, and on purpose, listen, it can make a world of difference inside of what we do. So I want to do this here in a second. I want to bring on to us tonight, I want to welcome my dear friend, my colleague, and I'm telling you, a shaker within herself, the president and founder of the uh, uh, of the women, uh, I, I like to call it, I keep want to call it the Women Empowerment Network, but no, it's the Women, it's the women uh, Empowerment Academy. And I tell you, I want us to give a great hope and healing welcome to none other than Ms. Sheila Bryan. Come on and join us on tonight. Well, I good want to evening. start off by saying good evening to you, my friend. How are you? I am well. Good evening, JR. Thank you so much once again for having me on your show. It's always a pleasure to be a contribution. Well, it's always a pleasure having you on our show tonight. And I knew that, you know, when it comes to a person who uh, not only have a story but have the evidence of what it takes to be able to come forth and come through. And I don't like to sound like I'm putting a period behind it because we're always coming forth and we're coming through. But I am just totally blessed by what you've done. Because of the fact that what you've done and even starting the academy, the Empowerment Academy for Women, uh, it's important. And I wanted you to be on tonight. And even since you, you've had the invitation, you've had some things that have happened in your life that's really challenging. And we here stand with you in prayer. But once again, you embody, you're the epitome of what it means when we talk about overcoming. So tonight when we were planning this show, I talked about the fact of you coming in and you'll be discussing breaking free and breaking forth and positioning yourself to win because the fact that is what you do, that is what you have done. But I want to make sure that I leave it open tonight for wherever you feel that your heart wants to take you inside of this. I know that you'll share your testimony. I know that you'll share your story. I know that you'll tell people how to reach you as far as your website go. But I want you to know tonight that you have an audience that is out there that is listening to you. I can tell you that we already have uh, our board is filling up with people that are listening in by telephone, not to mention those that are listening in by way 
of the Internet. But, uh, Celia, you've done some great things. You're doing some great things. I admire your strength in your journey. And here you are in another chapter of your life. So many things have happened in your life, even in the last, in the last week. You've had some tremendous things to happen. And like it is oftentimes when we celebrate victories, oftentimes there, there, there are other things that come behind it, whether they're uh, uh, challenges or, or things that are coming to try to bring down our spirit. But you manage to continue to push forward, and that's one thing that I salute you in. And so, you know, I just want to open up tonight uh, and, and just give the floor to you as you talk about that journey, how you broke forth and, and forth, and how you have not only broken forth, but you have come forth and you've break, broken free, and you're doing some things that are making a difference in others' lives as well. And so, I, I open it up to you. I mean, uh, to just share with even what you're doing with the Empowerment Academy for Women, and what has brought you to the place you are on your journey. So, listen, it's open to you and all the callers that are listening, and those of you, if you desire to have a question or comment for our guest today. Just feel free to call area code 323-784-9638. If you've already called in and you're on the air, simply hit number one on the keypad. That lets our producer know you want to come on the air, you want to ask a question or give a comment. And so it's open tonight. Sheila, why don't you share with our audience tonight? Thank you so much, Jay. I really, really appreciate it. I know um, maybe about two years ago I had the privilege to be on your show where that conversation, I was able to share my experience as a, I would say, I don't like to use the word victim because the victim never really makes it to share their story of overcoming, you know, the challenges and the abuse of domestic violence. Mm-hmm. But I like to say that I am a victor and I'm a conqueror because I'm here to share my story. So two years ago when we first had, you know, this encounter and, and I had the opportunity to voice what I went through. I know that touched a lot of people. So just to go back to two years ago, very briefly, it was a time when I, I, I was very, very young when I got married. I was probably 18 years of age and just migrated from South America, just didn't have any family. And um, like most women, you know, you go through the journey of relationship and you get involved with um a very, in the beginning, very good relationship in the beginning, and it turns into unexpected abuse, and, you know, you realize there's nothing that I caused. There's nothing that I did. There's nothing that I, in my mind, could have done for me to be going through this. And I know many women will hear their stories, and we all have a story to tell. So when I was in that situation as a you know, wife and as a mother, very young mother, and going through my experiences of domestic violence, I remember going to a shelter at that point and just sitting in an environment of women who had also overcome their own challenges. Uh, you know, some of them have been shot and stabbed, and, I mean, it, it was real testimony, and those women made it through. And what I realized at that point with Today, the Empowerment Academy, that was over a decade ago. I remember being in the room with women who were all sharing how they made it out of that situation and some just aspiring to want to get out of the situation. And the whole environment was so nurturing. It was counselors. There were support systems. There were always positive enforcement for those women and for myself 
to know that there is just a decision, just a decision to get out of it, that there is hope, and that there is always going to be something that you can do with your life. So now when I look back in my journey and I realize, you know, it was all a decision. I made a decision in 2006 that enough was enough. And my attitude was that if I've come this far, if God has brought me this far, then there has to be something greater that awaits me. Um, having children, of course, every mother, for, for the listeners, I'm sure, there are mothers on the line who are listening. You know, there might be days that you feel like giving up. There might be days that you just don't have a desire to keep going. But then you look at your child and you realize that that is enough reason to not give up, to not quit. So my children were always my fuel, you know. Um, I'm grateful that I had them very young, and I'm grateful to have had them in my life. So today, now a decade later, I am so grateful that I, you know, I always knew there was something for me that was greater through my adversity, my experience of overcoming domestic violence. But today I can tell you the reason why there's an empowerment academy for women is because that's really where I remember having my breakthrough in the setting of counselors, in the setting of positive reinforcement, a group of women who gather with that one common goal was to just get past that season. So, JR, I can tell you that there's a lot of women who perhaps right now are are impregnated with gifts and talents and abilities and some amazing things, but, but because of their circumstances, because of, you know, maybe that mindset where they're feeling defeated, they don't know um, if should they go one more day, they don't have hope. I can tell you right now that, there, that for those women who are listening, that there is hope that there is hope, that it's just a decision. And, and, and honestly, I can say that I've, I've, I was raised, you know, in the world I knew that there was a God ever since I was a young girl. So that also played a major role in a, in a factor in, you know, me having that willingness and that faith that I can just overcome the situation. And it was the journey of, you know, fighting. I also had to go through homelessness. So it wasn't just domestic violence. It was also homelessness. And even as that season of me being homeless, I was also, again, encouraged. I also came in contact, and there were people who entered my life who played a role in getting getting through that. So every one of us will be going through obstacles, JR, and there will be people that will enter your life at that season to play their role, to do what they were supposed to do for that season. So we may not forget those people. We may never remember their names, but we may not forget those people for what they contributed. Um, I would like to say that my academy just serves as not just an empowerment, but is a transformed mindset. The objective and the mission of my academy is to help women transform their mindset to where they can now have a breakthrough and understand how do I identify purpose? What does it take for me to match my purpose with my vision and have a plan and take action? Absolutely. And so, you know, when you talk about your story, you talk about what you came through, and there are many obstacles that happened. And there are some obstacles that happened. 
that you agree that just the fact that you are from you're from South America, you're from a whole another another country, and so to, to feel that you were here and really, you know, that there had to be a certain dependence on on, on the person that you end up married to because they were here. This is a place that they were used to, and, and to a certain degree, you were on their turf and on their ground. And yet, it's still you. You found the strength to not only overcome that, rebound from that, uh, you know, redo your life. When I say redo your life, meaning the fact that you took it to another level. You did not allow it to stop you. You talked about the fact of not like using the terms uh, a victim because the fact you think that listen, the victim, you know, you know, it's always like, did the victim ever overcome? You know, and so with you, you like. Talking about being a survivor, and you know, and, and you've gone on to the area where now that you're thriving. Why wasn't that enough for you? Why wasn't it enough for you? The fact that you got out of it, you were no longer dealing with it, and you were free. Why is it that you feel that you that that you felt the call, the mandate, to empower and yet empower other women, whether they're coming out of abusive relationship, or whether or not they're just stuck in mediocrity, or whether or not they have been, you know, they. They have entertained so many no's in their life, and they can't, and I can't, that, that you feel the need that you have been anointed to make that difference. Why couldn't you just stop at the fact of yourself getting free? Wow. Very profound question. Um, honestly, to your question, I was the benefactor. I benefited from being spoken to by survivors by overcomers so I receive so much more from those women who as well didn't give up did not stop did not quit and they inspired me they spoke into my life I mean I really saw a reflection of what my life could be if I can just you know share my story but not just to share the negative side yes I mean I was young when I got married and I spent almost seven years, you know, in, in an abusive relationship. And it was it was an imprisonment of the mind. Yes, the physical abuse is, is visible. But what we would never see in a person, a woman, or a man perhaps, who is experiencing abuse, verbal, emotional, financial, in any level that we can consider to be belittling, we would never see it. If it's a mindset, we would never see that level of abuse. So for me, it was a breakthrough of me, me being renewed, my, my, my thinking about that I am not dead, I'm here. I survived. I overcame. So why not give back? And I had to fight through. I mean, it was, it, it's been a decade of struggling and fighting and, you know, working and also just placing myself among the women who I have seen hurt who I have seen broken, who have also, me, I have attracted a lot of women over the years as I overcame my, my, my marriage and I got divorced. I experienced and encountered many women, Jara, who, and I came into their life for a season. I came into their life for a season, and I was able to be that deal breaker. I was able to be that contribution they needed to know that there is hope that they can get out of that situation, that they can do better, just to speak to them, just to perhaps connect them to someone, just to give them a word of advice, or maybe at some point, if needed, was to shelter those women. So 
yes, it wasn't enough for me to just get out of the marriage and get out of the abusive relationship. I knew that I had to continue to do what was the relevance of giving back is to know that you perpetuate what was a blessing to me. So I, I can tell you that today I won't stop. I won't stop. I'm, I'm, I'm just going through a whole new phase and a brand new beginning of doing what I do on a much greater level to really, again, it's helping women through their mindset. It's knowing that they have so much more potential. But at the end of the day, if there are no, you know, if there are no support systems, if there is no encouragement, if there is no channels, no avenues for these women to see a way out, then, again, they will always become imprisoned by the fear of speaking out, by the fear of, you know, going outside of, of their spouse or, or their relationship that is, you know, keeping them in that bondage. But I can tell you overall, JR, that, you know, a good majority of the abuse would always stem from the mental aspect that keeps us prisoned physically. Yeah, so when you talk about that, and I think that's so important for those of you that are listening, you listen to Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. This is your host, J.R. Thicklin, and we have here our very special guest, the president and CEO of the Empowerment Academy for Women, Ms. Sheila O'Brien, and as she's sharing her story, that story that has been a journey, you know, not only breaking out, but breaking forth, breaking free, and now, you know, uh, empowering other women to win, to understand that they can win, that they can overcome, and that they can uh, that they can be victorious inside of what they're dealing with. This has been the great part about this entire thing, and I want you to know that you can join in on this conversation by calling area code three two three seven eight four nine six three eight. Area code three two three seven eight four nine six three eight. That's how you can reach us. Simply hit the number one on your keypad once you're in, and that lets our producer know that you'd like to come on with a question and or comment. And we invite those questions and our comments uh, to our special guests uh, because, of fact, that is what it's all about. It is about the healing process. It's about, uh, it is about what do we do next. It's about the fact of going from pain to power. And, uh, and we have to continue to pursue that, to understand that our last experience is not our death sentence. Your last trial that you've gone through is not your death sentence. It is not the thing that that defines you, that uh, takes you out, but rather it should be part of the thing that positions you for really who you are and what you're called to be. So area code 323-784-9638, that's how you reach us. That is how you reach us tonight here on Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness. And uh, we're going to go back to Michelle Bryan. I definitely think that there are some uh, things that uh, that uh, our audience would like to hear, and, uh, and we invite their questions as well as it relates to the fact of uh, now that you're empowering women, you talked about the fact that you realize that, you know, you're, even yourself, uh, you know, definitely was the beneficiary of some type of insight, some type of someone uh, being able to lend some direction to yourself, and you did not want to go on with your life without being able to provide that for others. Now, I want to come back to that in a second, but I want to just bring up, you know, once again, you're talking about the Empowerment Academy for Women. And the reality is you talked about the fact of the pain that oftentimes people go through, mental, the verbal, of, of the abuse, the psychological that happens, that oftentimes has a far greater reach, reach and impact than just the physical abuse there. It doesn't make any sense that 
Señor, en verdad, que usted se dice, y yo de mucho tiempo que le había, en el de Lucín, de Big Open Time, en septiembre, en Time, en Mali, y yo en Sepestín, de Seven, en Time, to Yes, we can your life. Absolutely. Um, I would say the journey, it's always going to be a challenge. In life, we're going to have challenges. And I can tell you that there are many, many people that um, as, as far as overcoming, it, it is not just getting out of the relationship because you can get out of a an abusive relationship, but it's what's left with that individual. What is this woman left with? What is this man left with? Um, the confidence could be broken, stripped away completely. You can be free physically from that that relationship, that marriage, but are you free mentally? You know, many people, many women carry on, you know, the ghost of the abuse. They, they carry on. They go to life with triggers. They get involved um, with other individuals and you know they they don't realize the things that they're sheltering the emotions the fears that they continue to shelter that they have not let go of so it becomes again a stagnant progressive uh, evolution that you're growing you know year in and year out i've seen and i've heard of and i've, and I've met many women who after 10 years 15 years they're still talking about you know, that that abuser, but they're not with that abuser. So, again, they're still holding on. They have not learned how to, with with the, the changes and the, and the renewing of the thinking, of the mindset, they have not learned how to be free to where they can excel, that they can achieve, that they can have a breakthrough, and their testimony could be used in a greater way to help other women. See, helping someone doesn't just always need, is a need to give them money or serve them a plate of food. I mean, helping someone is just to know that you yourself have the confidence to say, I've been in your shoes. And maybe this is, this is something that can help you. This is what I did. Because we all are going to encounter, over a period of time, JR, we're all going to encounter some obstacles some challenges, but some people stay there. So if I like to call it the parking lot, there is a difference when you're driving and you get to a stop sign and you realize you must look to your right, to your left, and you can keep going. But there are people who just get to the stop sign and they treat it like a parking lot. They get stuck. They don't move forward. So the the vision of the Empowerment Academy has been to help those people, those women who have parts, to perhaps just maybe slowly go to neutral, because sometimes you might have to go back a little to go forward. That's why we might be reversed. If we go too far across the line, we might have to reverse to go back forward. So the vision in the academy is to help those women believe align themselves with their beliefs, with their goals, just to understand their values so that they can always maintain that vision that they will come through it, that they will be able to have a, a, a breakthrough in their purpose and serve other women. So we, we continue to give back. 
we perpetuate that gift because it's in all of us. I remember um, as we came to the launch of the academy, um, I remember saying that I know for me that I've been given that vision to being a midwife. And what I mean by a midwife is because it's a laboring pain to being able to you know, go from you know, being an average woman just working a nine-to-five to being a woman who can be an, a, not just a leader but an example of what it's, being, what it's like to be a, a full, live a fulfilled life, to be in a position that you are living a life of purpose. So what you do every day is what you're being called to do and not what you have to do because of life circumstances, because of bail. Does that make sense? It makes sense. It absolutely makes sense. And the call for that fact, you know, when people understand the importance of being able to uh, to empower and become empowered, the abuse can stop, but it doesn't mean the fact that a person necessarily knows how to move on and have the tools, and that's part of what the Empowerment Academy does. Listen, those of you that listen by way of, of Telephone, area code 323-784-9638. I'm so glad that you're here. We're going to take a commercial break. We do have a caller that has questions and comments, and if you have a question or comment, simply call one of us again, area code 323-784-9638. Hit number one on your keypad once you're in. That lets our producer know that you desire to come on the air. Listen, you're hoping to listen to Hope and Healing, the journey to hold us. We'll be right back after this commercial break. via internet, you're probably seeing a series of advertisements. Please click on those advertisements as they help us to continue to bring you the best in Soulful Talk Radio. by choice to fellowship on facebook is a spiritual drama-free judgment-free fellowship forum for like minds to share in encouragement through testimonies scriptures music prayer worship and fellowship it is our desire to be an oasis of hope in the midst of the deserts and wilderness of life's most challenging experiences we welcome you for prayer requests as well as your testimonies as we collectively operate as thermostats changing life's experience through God's leading in His Word. Join us as we empower lives and shape destinies. That's Destiny by Choice 2 Fellowship on Facebook. Through a search, you can find us. If you're listening via Internet and you want to speak to the host, please dial 323-784-9638 and press 1 to be connected to the host. This is the soul of America Radio. I am 
am in the Harlem too, and I am fighting the power on the soul of America Radio. Worldwide Coast to Coast Talk Radio. This is the soul of America Radio. You're listening to Soar. Now back to Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness with your host, J.R. Thicklin. And welcome back to Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness. This is your host, J.R. Thicklin, and I'm so very glad that you've joined us here tonight on the Soul of America Radio Network. And we're excited. We have here our very special guest, President and CEO of Empowering uh, Empowerment Academy for Women, Ms. Shelia Bryan is with her with us, and she's sharing just that journey of not only breaking breaking forth and breaking out and and uh, breaking free, not only coming through the abuse, but coming through what I call all of the debris and all those things that goes with having been part of any type of an abusive relationship. And so many that are listening today, you may say, well, you know, I really wasn't in an abusive relationship in the last but I wasn't an abusive one. I wasn't hit that often. But the reality is that if you, if you were ever held to, to being subject and subjugated to being uh, rude and controlled through power, uh, through verbal abuse, mental abuse, or whether it's sexual abuse or any type of abuse there, believe me, you have been victimized by that. And part of coming up out of that is really breaking through a mindset. Rebuilding a sense of who you are, recognizing that even though you may be out of it, doesn't mean that it's out of you, and that is so important. And I think that uh, Shelia basically alluded to the fact that, listen, that even when a person comes out of it, when does it come out of you? Sometimes that's where the help is needed. That's where the empowerment is needed to, to, to if you would, to reset or to recalibrate or, if you would, uh, rerouting. I like to put it in the rerouting sense because of the fact, like a GPS, oftentimes when we end up on the wrong path or make a wrong turn or we exit too quick or we pass an exit or whatever, it will say rerouting. And sometimes after coming through an abusive relationship, people need to find the strength and the wherewithal to reroute. And that's what happened with you, Sheila. You rerouted. You rerouted. You You found your right direction. You found strength. You were empowered and encouraged. And now you are doing that to so many and for so many. And you mentioned earlier about the launching of your Empowerment Academy for Women, which I had the pleasure of being there and just even opening up inside of invocation and prayer. And um, my heart was made glad to look around to see the number of women that were there, each with their own individual stories, women that was now on the path of fulfillment, you had entrepreneurs that was there and some of future entrepreneurs, but most of all, you had women there with testimonies, women who Absolutely. had overcome some things, women that was breaking into their own identity, and through your help, through the academy and your coaching, I heard testimonies of women who talked about the fact they used to be very shy, they couldn't speak up, they didn't feel like they had a voice, uh, and yet it's still they were pregnant with something, but they, they couldn't deliver it. They did not have the wherewithal to do so. And you alluded to the fact of understanding that part of your call is that of being a midwife and having to birth some things. 
And I want you to elaborate on that just a little bit more. We have some callers that's on the line, and some want to ask questions. And those of you that may be listening by way of the Internet or may be listening by phone and you have a question you want to ask, it's area code 323-784-9638. That is how you get in. And if you want to ask a question or have a comment, simply hit the one, the number one on your keypad. That lets our producer know that you want to get in, and we will get you on tonight. So with that being said, Sheila, elaborate a little bit more on that midwife. You have been called to be a midwife to help birth some things, uh, uh, the birth of things that people have locked up inside of them. Tell us about that part of your journey, that part of what you do inside of even your life coaching. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I wasn't always thinking of myself being a midwife, of course, but I would say that through the journey over the years, um, maybe about five years ago, I joined into a multi-level marketing company and, you know, just like with everybody, with a hope and a vision to be successful. And I realized that success, the effect of a cost, you know, what exactly would be the mission for my success? What would I gain from being successful in this company? Um, as I continue to, to grow and to, to work towards being successful as a leader in this company, I had a breakthrough after four years. I had not just a financial breakthrough and a breakthrough in, in you know, being rewarded and awarded to accomplishment, but I realized that I had attracted a massive amount of women who looked at me in a different way, who seek my wisdom, who seek my guidance, seek my counsel for many, many reasons. And I realized that most of them came in pain. And pain. It, it was mostly their pain that, that drew them to me. And I realized that there were so many things after conversation of conversation and conversation with these many women here, I realized there was something special in these women. They all had potential. But one thing I know that potential is really irrelevant unless it becomes a natural contribution. That's one of many things that I've wow. learned in my journey, that potential, and I, and I want to repeat that because I know some people may not really catch that until we get off the line, but potential is really irrelevant until it becomes an actual contribution. So I realized so many of these women had potential, but just did not know what to do with it. They were just in pain. They were just enduring just the daily mundane things of being a mother, working jobs, going through just relationships that they weren't happy and there were so many greatness in these women. So I realized that over time, as I spoke to them, as I counseled these women, I began to see changes, breakthroughs. I began to see women doing things, and those very women doing things that they weren't doing prior to meeting me or going through talking to me. So I remember four years or four and a half year mark in this company. I, I, I woke up one morning just feeling, just feeling different and I and I asked God, I said, what is it that I should be doing? Because I am I am I am overwhelmed with the amount of women that are being attracted to me and all of them are in pain. They're all looking at me and say, I would love to be like you. And I would say, you don't have to be like me. You can be wow. yourself because what you have is something great as well. So I had that moment early morning epiphany, and, and, and God said to me, you know, I, I, I heard that voice that say, I will make you the midwife to the sisters, to the women. And, and, and I was like, really, God? You're going to make me the what? The midwife? That's the responsibility, right? So 
but little did I know, Jr. that as I, as I really sat down and contemplated over the four years, the journey that I was, you know, embarked on, I was already doing so. But it's now accepting the call. See, the phone can ring, and you can hit ignore, or you can just answer it. We all have that call. Wow. And some people will answer that call. Some people will choose to ignore and do nothing with potential. So it becomes irrelevant. So I knew at that point that my midwife calling was just to help birth these women into their entrepreneur roles, into their gifts, and the things that they were doing was just amazing. Some went on to do other things. Some came on the same company to hit, you know, massive success. So as I, you know, endeavored into, you know, that calling of being a midwife, I realized that I needed to now just go into a whole new journey to continue to be a midwife, but to now brand as, as an entrepreneur, brand myself in this empowerment academy that I like to say that is, is really is the laboring, is the nurturing, is, is, the, is, is, is the helping and supporting. But most important, the ultimate goal is for all of the women that come through the academy to just have that life to live that life of purpose, the life that they desire, not the life that they settle for. Absolutely. That is so powerful. That is so powerful. And God, those of you that are listening, Eric three two three seven eight four nine six three eight. you're listening to Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness, and this is uh, J.R. Thicklin, along with our special guest, uh, Sheila Bryan, uh, the founder CEO of the Empowerment Academy for Women, and uh, we have plenty of callers on the line, and I know that there are those that are waiting, and I'm going to get a call on the line here, but, you know, Sheila, I'll say this, and I want our audience to know that, you know, your resilience has been incredible. Even now with you on the line, you know, many of you might not know that you just uh, suffered tragedy in your own family with the loss of a cousin back in your country, and at the same time, another family member that is sick, and yet it's still the, the burden, the burden yet that you carry on your shoulder, and I think this is part of what you were really alluding to before, that even in the midst of all that you've gone through, and those things end up building a capacity inside of you, a capacity inside of you that causes you to be able to soar and to get up even when you feel like just laying down. You know, you came through some things that were amazing, absolutely. And the thing that you've been able to do in your what I call your reflective journey, inside of your reflective journey, you have been able to look back on the things that you've come, come through, notice those things that have tried to entangle you, and yet and still be determined to come through them. You've done that. You, you've looked at the things that, that have caused people to stop, people that have given up right at the very beginning when certain things happened to them people that have thrown in the towel because of the fact of, um, you know, of, of abuse that they went through. Those individuals that oftentimes that they manage to make it out of it, but they're stuck there. They, they tend to disappear off of the face of the earth, or they find themselves never realizing really the, uh, the, 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 the potential inside of them and, and beyond the potential to realize the purpose of that pain. You've Absolutely. been able to take that, and you've been able to channel that to empowering women. I saw those women. I saw women that gave testimony of the fact of just being up under your coaching, how 
their life and the reality of their dreams have begun to come to pass. The fact that they realized that they were going to divorce mediocrity and reach up and grab excellence, that they were going to cut loose excuses and find themselves in a place of empowerment and elevation. And that has happened because you were able to take your pain and, and, and turn it to power. And now you're pursuing your purpose. And I salute you for that in terms of that. If you can just hold on with me another couple of minutes, I'm going to uh, bring a call on right after this line. And right after that, I'm going to bring on a call on my dear friend, uh, uh, the former deputy chief of police, um, Chief Michael Blow. I'm going to bring him on right after this commercial break. He has something to say. I think he has a question even for you. Listen, we'll be right back after the break. And listen to Hope Bill. Turn it over. Job inside of what she's doing. I'm going to bring on right now our dear friend and uh, 
and our co-host, that, uh, the co-host host with us from time to time, none other than the former Deputy Chief of Police, and that is Chief Michael Blow. I want to bring him on. Let's give him a great big and he's with us all the time. And Chief, it's so good uh, speaking with you. I know that you're on the line. You probably had the opportunity to listen to a little bit of what uh, uh, Mr. Bryan has to say. And uh, yourself and your background, you've dealt with um, you've dealt with so many things, and you've seen people impacted by domestic violence, and you've seen the ones that have stayed and the ones that have gone back, and and, and most definitely you've seen the aftermath. You know, many that suffer post traumatic stress disorder, and we see those like uh, Sheila here who learned to turn her pain to power, a power to purpose, and have now done things to empower others. And, and I just open up to you if you have any question or comment for her or just in the, in sharing in on this part of this conversation. Well, yes, and, and, and thank you again, and good evening to everyone, and good evening to your audience. And I guess my question would be, as you move through the the process of, of of getting assistance and 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 recognizing the the seriousness of the situation. Now that you are are on sort of the back end of the process, in your opinion, how do you think your healing process has proceeded? Uh, are you pleased with where you are? Do you think there could have been some other resources that could have been made available to you? Just how do you feel about that part of your journey? Very good question. Thank you so much for the question. I would say my journey um, to healing, I was fortunate to be taken to the Women in Distress here in Fort Lauderdale. And I spent about 90 days or so in that environment. And and I can say they were well-equipped. They were well-equipped to handle different levels of domestic violence cases. Mine was really one of those cases where um depends on the levels. I'm not sure if the different counties have how they're, they will call level one, level two, or level three, but I was at a level two where my husband was extremely abusive to the point of, you know, literally splitting my head open and, I mean, pregnant, he will definitely abuse me severely. So I spent 90 days in that um, facility where they were well equipped to provide all assistance, the counseling, the children's counseling. Um, they would, you know, provide um, transportation, clothing. So all of those things were provided. So I can say I was grateful for that. Um, as I exit the, the system itself, um, I remember back then I think the state of Florida does have um, a compensation plan where they give you a restitution fund, $1,500 was, provided to me. So again, the state of Florida, um, once again, was facilitating my transition and from being in that, you know, domestic violence situation to starting a new journey as a single parent and having an apartment and having a job. Um, I'm not sure today, to be honest, what are the changes that have happened in the system. Regardless, I can say that those were the most important things, which was the counseling, um, the, the, the assistance with transportation, you know, assistance with jobs, uh, food. And, um, and, and after that, I was able to continue to get support. I, I had people reaching out to me. Um, I remember at some point um, uh, Congressman Alcee Hastings, 
his office also reached out to me, and that was the next phase in my chapter where I began processing for my legal status because when I was married, my husband um, was my sponsor, but he did not go through the legal process to allow me to be legalized to work. So I was still illegal right after I got divorced. I was able to get the congressman, um, his his team, they were able to get me through Violence Against Women's Act, which is, um, you know, that's how I was able to get my green card and my work permit. And um, so I can say that, you know, all those all those people that came into my life, all the organizations, all everything perpetuated to, to really help me go through the process and overcome all through you know, positively. I, I I am so grateful. I just hope that I, I just hope that today the system is still the same. Um, so I continue to still get support. I continue to still get counseling throughout the years. So I can say where I'm at today. I am in a very good place that I am able to help. I am able to counsel. I am able to facilitate and share as much as I can, and I know how to for those who are still in it, are going through it and would like to get out of it. Wow. Very probably did you, did you have another question or comment, Chief? I mean, uh, in this case here, we saw that the services and resources were very important, and they were ready yes. and available to really strengthen her and help her get to a place where she's been able to uh, not only sustain uh, that sense of healing, but uh, have definitely gone beyond that in terms of the empowerment of uh, being able to not only start our own business and, and do the work that empowers others now. Right, and that's and that's very important that the appropriate resources are available because we've also heard conversely on your show when those resources aren't available or the victims are not aware of the resources that are available, and not only the victims but the um, the perpetrators of the of the domestic violence and not aware of resources that are available to help them work through whatever issues are are uh, plaguing the family. And this is just a, a great example, and I, and I hope that uh, there will be more antidotes like this where the resources were available so that the involved parties could start fresh. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, Chief, you've you've dealt with a lot of things in terms of it. I mean, you've seen families decimated by this issue of domestic violence. Even even more recently, here in the state of Florida, in Orlando, the big case there, where uh, uh, the, the 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 man who actually who had killed uh, his girlfriend, who was pregnant back in uh, December, I believe it was, who was on the run, and end up killing uh, their the officer, uh, Master Sergeant. Uh, there in um, in uh, Orlando, and 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 then causing really the death of another officer inside of that, and all that stemmed with the issue of domestic violence, and, yeah, and how that ended up being a danger uh, to more than just that individual. Yeah, and you know, unfortunately, that it's not as prevalent as it was, let's just say, five years ago, but it, it used to be that people perceived domestic violence as just. One of those things you don't talk about it. You 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 stay in the house and, and you deal with it. And if it happens to trickle down to the appropriate authorities, we'll we'll do what we can for you. And and as you see, and that's 
And that type of response has been happening for, for many years in terms of people who are engaged in that type of uh, inappropriate behavior, uh, injuring people, not only family members, but responding law enforcement personnel. Uh, I was sharing a story with my daughter a little while ago about my very first domestic violence call uh, where the uh, the husband had actually beaten the wife with a telephone cord and the telephone. You know, it, it, it's hard to imagine that now with, with cell phones, but there was a time when the phone hung on the wall, and um, the receiver, yeah, and he used the receiver and, and really pummeled his wife. But when we attempted to arrest him, uh, she jumped on us, jumped literally jumped on our backs and began fighting us to keep us from from arresting her husband, and then. He, of course, uh, became enraged, and so it turned out to be quite an incident. And then, of course, you see, if you recall, in the early part of 2015, the officer in in Virginia who was killed on her first night on patrol as a result of a domestic violence situation. So the the impact throughout the entire community is, is devastating. And you think about the victim, you think about the children who witness it and, uh, and who are afraid to, to – uh, to talk about it, they, they, the grades suffer in school. It's just it's a never-ending cycle that um, that needs to be broken as quickly as possible. Absolutely, and so when we look at persons such as uh, Shelia there, I mean, the whole thing about empowerment academy for women, you you know, empowering women to even rediscover their purpose and, and understand, you know, I, I love your analogy about uh, being parked. Though they came to a stop sign, they have treated it like a parking lot. Many right. have parked in a place of uh, fear. They've parked in a place of um, mediocrity. They they parked in a play of, a place of low self esteem. They they parked in a place of uh, darkness and 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 have been immobilized in and in need of resources in in the type of services that you offer with the Empowerment Academy for Women. So once again, we applaud you inside of that and the work that you're doing. And, uh, and why don't you take a moment, Sheila, and kind of give people uh, information how to reach you, whether to reach you on, on uh, whether social media, website, or any of those things there. Uh, many that are listening, of course, our calls are always available in podcasts, meaning that people can go back and download them. They're available uh, through our archives here on www.soulofamericaradio.com as well. So if you can give them contact information and uh, give them information, even perhaps about your next uh, your next uh, event that's coming up. Absolutely, absolutely. My uh, social media is the Empowerment Academy for Women. That is on Facebook. It's also on Instagram. I also have um, my page is the Empowerment Academy for Women dot com. There is a phone number that I always like people to reach me on. If they have questions, I always do a 30-minute session, you know, 30 minutes of conversation with those who want to hear more. And the number is 336-494-5628. My email is to empower you one so that's to empower you one at gmail.com. And I'll also share it on your on your page, um, so you'll be able to see that as well on on your page. So it is easy to get in touch with me. Empowerment Academy for Women is the name for all my social media 
Um, I am absolutely, you know, thank, I'm thanking you. I'm, I'm humbled. Every time I can come on your show or I get invited on other shows, it's, it's really not to, you know, we, we want to raise the awareness. We want to continue to share stories and testimonies for those who can hear and those who can probably be a vessel to, you know, to invite someone to listen to these talks. But I like to make sure that whenever I speak to someone about their experience, whether they're currently going through the abuse and they need help, is to know that you're not a victim. If you have the spirit of a winner, consciously, consciously, the attitude of a victim will keep you weak and vulnerable in that situation. But if you have the spirit of a winner, then you know it's only a matter of a decision. And it takes the right support system. It takes the willingness. And I understand, like Officer was saying, there's a lot of victims, a lot of women who go in and out of that relationship. So I can tell you I was willing to leave, to let go, to move on. So the system worked for me. Women will say or some women will tell you the system didn't work for them. But I can tell you if they're going back into the situation, yes, they are failing the very system that's failing them. So we have to be mindful of where is the system failing these women or are these women failing the system because it did not fail me. Everything that I needed, it was provided to me, and I also had to work. I also have to have a desire because I have three children from that marriage, and I had to make sure that my children had a roof and they were safe and that they didn't have to pay the price for my decision and their father's decision. So I can say, you know, JR, that we want to make sure that we continue to share but also be, be you know, to, to resonate with, with people, to not say the system is failing, but to evaluate if are these victims failing the system as well. Wow. Well, I tell you one thing, that is that is so powerful in what you've shared. And the thing about it, you know, to be able to take a look at the whole scope of things inside of, um, you know, how you come through, how you handle those things, and it just it says a lot. It says a lot about the fact of what happens when one is empowered, then one understand uh, the necessity of empowering others, and that's a great thing today. So once again, those of you that are listening, she's giving you her information to reach, to reach out to her, and please do so by all means. Uh, she was a tremendous speaker and motivational speaker as well as a life coach and entrepreneur inside of so many things. So if you're listening today and you're talking about it being empowered, she is definitely a person that you want to contact uh, because of the fact I'm telling you, she takes you from a place of, if you would, from pain to power and, and takes you on a journey of uh, possibilities. In other words, not to pitch a tent where you are and, and, and get parked in your situation but rather to reach into uh, tapping into the true potential of who you've been called to be by, first of all, getting you to understand that you've been created with purpose, for purpose, and on purpose, and to tap into that place of excellence that God has placed inside of you. And, Sheila, we, we just really we're, we're grateful tonight to have you on with us, to have shared with us inside of this tonight. And, and definitely, um, you know, uh, before we go, you have any parting words uh, that you might want to leave uh with people, and before I do that, I just want to uh, once again put our number out there. If you have a question and or comment uh, for our guest tonight or for ourselves, uh, simply dial area code 323-784-9638. If you're already dialed in and listening and you have a question or comment, simply hit the number one on your keypad. 
that lets our producer know that you want to come on the air with a question and or comment, and we will get you on. And that would be our pleasure to do so. Now, I want you to do that. There, to those of you that are listening out there, and perhaps you yourself are dealing with this. Perhaps this is also your path. You know, I have a dear friend there uh, <clears throat> who's the founder of Mothers Against Murderers Association uh, here in Palm Beach County. And um, she has spent the last nearly, I imagine, 12 or 13 years of her life in inside of uh, literally being there for, for mothers who have lost loved ones and children by way of murder. And there are many of those women there that have lost kids and daughters and even sons due to the issue of domestic violence. And uh, they have broadened their horizons even more this year as they talk about this whole thing about violence across America and about healing and bringing those things there. And, uh, uh, you know, my dear friend, uh, uh, you know, Angela Williams and side of the work that they're doing over there. And I know Angela's probably listening on tonight, but I just want to say, you know, there are events that are coming up uh, soon in our county and around that is dealing with bringing healing because I think we understand Getting out of an abusive situation is one thing, but healing from it, recovering from it, regaining your life and your identity back is another uh, is another thing. We often think of identity theft in terms of someone who has misused our information or stolen our identity or gotten credit or bought things in there uh, on our name and, and, uh, and uh, social security number. But I would dare to say that identity theft goes even further than that. Identity theft comes as a result of the consequences of pain and abuse. A person minimizing you through not only physical, mental, emotional, sexual, and all type of abusive actions, when that person has minimized you to the point that you don't even know who you are anymore, that you have settled at being someone that you're not, when you have not recognized the volume of the excellence that's inside of you, I say to you that's identity theft. And in that case, there we need to be empowered, reinvigorated. We need to understand who we've been called to be, and we need to be part of the solution and not the problem. And I believe that's what happens when you make those connections. So once again, I'm going to say thank you again for being with us tonight, Shelia. And I'm just so elated about what you're doing and things and continue to share with our people. I know that you're going to have another event that's coming up in the month of uh, February. I know place to be determined, but if you know the date or any information that you can put out there, because there are those that will go and listen to the podcast, and they will at least know that there is something that is coming. So if you would take take this moment just once again to give the way to reach you and uh, information as it relates to future, <clears throat> uh, future, if you would, events that you're having. Absolutely. I am continuously planning the future event for February. Um Yes, the time and date and location is all still to be determined. But I will definitely have it posted on social media. So for those who are listening, um, again, the Facebook page is Empowerment Academy for Women. The Instagram page is also Empowerment Academy for Women. The website is EmpowermentAcademyForWomen.com. I also have a Twitter account, which is to empower you. I also have my phone number, which is really a, a good way to contact me, and I can always give out good information as well, keep people updated. Um, it's 336-494-5628. Um, my email also is to empower you one at gmail.com. And just to leave one thing as well, um, JR, is I would absolutely 
like to say for those who are listening who um, may have never experienced domestic abuse or know somebody who is, is that it's all about being a vessel. We know we cannot make the person leave the situation, but sometimes we have to see the darkness in the light because we will never know what it's like to be in someone's shoes who's going through that unless we ourselves walk in those shoes. So I will encourage any listener, I will encourage anyone who's either a victim who's been through it or know somebody who's going through it to be a vessel. Because one thing I can say that helped me through the many, 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 many years of also, you know, being where, you, where I am today, just to see where, you, where you've met me, uh, JR. Where you met me is a far, far place for where I was. In, in, in those days when I was experiencing my domestic violence. And I was also blessed to have someone in my life who, you know, over 14 years of friendship, and she's faithfully on the call tonight, so I would like to give her, her you know, shout-out, you know, Vivian. You know, she's been an absolute light, you know, in my darkness. So I can tell you that if just one person is willing to go through that journey with that victim, that victim has a hope. They have a chance. It just takes one person because most people give up because I know, yes, they go back. The victim, she goes back. He goes back. The family tends to turn their back. Like the orchestra leader, he has to turn his back. But there's always going to be the sound. There's always going to be the music that plays, and that's the cry for help. So we never want to give up on that person because that person will always have hope if there's one person there for them. Absolutely. What a powerful word of advice. What a powerful summation of this, uh, that journey and, and, and the importance of having that support. I salute you on this night. I really do. Chief, you're there. I don't know if you have any parting words or uh, comments or questions, but we definitely invite them. And anyone that's on the line right now as we get ready to wrap up, we invite your comments and your questions or uh, of the both of them. Chief, go. Yes, uh, certainly. Well, again, I would just say that this, I'm just glad to hear, again, another example of someone that was able to, to weather the storm and was able to, to find resources that allowed her to have as successful a, a comeback as possible under the circumstances. And I certainly hope that, as I say all the time, that anyone in your audience that is experiencing these types of challenges or is the cause of these types of challenges will certainly seek the appropriate assistance before it's too late. And we've seen too many examples of, of family members and law enforcement officers and family and friends and unintended victims as well being injured or killed as a result of disagreements that have escalated to an unacceptable level. Absolutely. Well, as always, we want to always encourage you to understand there is no excuse for abuse. We want you to understand the fact that there is a way out. And if you're ready to leave and you want to leave, there are resources to help you there. Once again, the national hotline number is 1-800-799-7233. That's 1-800-799-SAFE. If you're listening by way of the state of Florida, although you can use the national hotline number, feel free to call 1-800-500-1119. And no matter where you are around the globe, listen. 
there is help. There's a way out. Those of you that are looking for uh, services or looking for uh, resources that can help you, those of you that particularly may be dealing with the issue of how do I do this through the faith community, whatever, visit our website, www.destinybychoice.org. That's www.destinybychoice.org. That is a way to reach us here tonight. Listen, until next time, I want you to know that we are not only just praying for you, but we're here to walk you through this because it is about hope and healing. It's a journey to wholeness. And as we get ready to leave today, I want to bid you a good night, and I want to thank you for listening to us on tonight. And as we leave out here with just some other, uh, if you would, words from victims and survivors that have come through, which explain why they don't leave. But we're so grateful today to have had uh, Sheila Bryant, the president and founder of the Empowerment Academy for Women, who has been an example of the fact that we come through and we can come through victorious. Until next time, this is J.R. Pickman saying good night. Listen to the end of the show. Thank you so very much. It is the question that I'm asked the most. Why did I stay? Why does any woman stay? And for the life of me, I can't understand why people are obsessed with it. Because to me, it's so obvious. Why did anybody stay with somebody that they love? You know, we've all been in relationships that, even if they weren't abusive, we're not working any longer. And we all stay far longer than we want. And it's you stay for the same reasons. You stay because... You love the person or you love what you used to have or you're trying to take care of your children. When we ask, why did you stay, you know, we're blaming the victim for their abuse as opposed to asking, why did you hit this person or why are you violent or why do you feel the need to be violent? Why would somebody abuse, why would somebody beat the people who love him or her most on earth? Until we ask that question, we won't be able to obliterate domestic violence. We have got to focus on the perpetrators of violence, not the victims. It's cliche, but he really was Prince Charming. He was very kind and sweet and nice. I left what I was doing to come and be with him and I was alone with him. I didn't have any uh, friends or family in the area. I couldn't find a job, so he paid the bills. And so we got into an argument, and that's the first time that he hit me. He actually threw me up against the wall and started to choke me. Um, And I didn't really understand what was happening because he was not that person all this time. Um, And so when he finally let me go, I thought, It was something I did. You know, I wasn't thinking to run. After we got married, it didn't stop. It just got worse and worse and worse. And I felt like I was trapped. At that point, we had moved from where we were across the country again, and I was further isolated. I didn't have any friends or family. And essentially, he still was the breadwinner. I was dependent on him. So if I left, what was I going to do? Where was I going to go? You know, how was I going to take care of myself? I felt like no one would understand, and I felt like no one would care. The first full-out physical attack was five days before the wedding. 
part of me knew I had to leave him right then, that I couldn't marry somebody who had done this. But then this other part of me said, but wait, it was one time. And I told myself he'd never do it again, that I was sure he was very sorry, and um, I didn't leave. I married him. You stayed with this guy. Yeah, I didn't have a choice. I mean, he told me, and I, and I absolutely, you know, that's the part that is always <laughs> so interesting to me. It's like, you know, the standard question, why didn't you leave? Why didn't you leave? Why didn't you leave? Well, uh, he was trained by the United States Marine Corps to hunt people down and kill them, and he told me if I left, he would hunt me down and kill me. That's why I didn't leave. I used to pull what he would call my disappearing axe, and that would be, I would, you know, get the boys and get out because I, it just was getting too intense. But I would always go back because at least I knew where he was. At least I knew the routine. I knew what to expect. But, you know, it's, it's a terrible way to live to always be looking over your shoulder. He didn't start out with being abusive. He started out with being incredibly sweet and incredibly attentive and incredibly thoughtful and incredibly kind and saying things to me that no one had ever said. And and paying attention to me in ways that no one ever had. You know, and I was really taken by it. One of the reasons why we stay is because the behavior is such a drastic change from the person we met in the beginning. And we're constantly looking for the man in the beginning instead of concentrating on the man that is in front of us. Once I understood that, then I made the decision, you know, I got to go. This is not the same man I married. I mean, I love him, but he's going to kill me. With every violent uh, moment, I felt further connected to him in this kind of twisted way. I felt that, you know, we had this secret that, that bound us together and that this was something big and we were working on it. And so we had to stay together until we worked it out. The violence got to a point where I realized that I, I could die. I had to create a plan. I had to figure out where I was going to go and how I was going to get there and who I was going to reach out to for help if there was any. I was scared. I was afraid that he would find me. I was afraid that he would be so angry that I left, that he would come after me. I couldn't just get up and walk away. And it was the most terrible feeling to know that I could leave and I still couldn't leave because I was bound by this psychological trap that I thought was love that wasn't love. You know, I had so much denial. If you had come to me and said, are you being physically abused? You know, if my doctor had asked me or a best friend, I would have said, no, I'm not being physically abused. You do feel isolated and you keep a lot of secrets. You know, you keep a lot of secrets in your, in your heart, in your home, in your head. I stayed because I believed him when he said he wasn't gonna do it again. I stayed because I didn't have anywhere to go. I didn't have any money. I didn't have access to any resources. I stayed because my religious community convinced me that I couldn't get divorced because God would hate me. Um, I stayed because I loved him. 
you know, I stayed because he was the love of my life and I wanted to believe that love could conquer all, including abuse. But time will